This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Once again, we're up here at Evolve Direct Primary Care and Urgent Care on South Cherry Grove Road with Dr. Michael Friedman. How are you today? Lovely. Good morning. Good. Well, hey, first of all, first things first, thank you for the drive-in flu shot clinic the other week. <laughs> I uh, pulled in, took me all of about eh, 45, 50 seconds or so, and uh, I was on my way. So I was perfect. It was absolutely wonderful. And uh, I will say that last year was my first year of getting the flu shot ever in my life. And uh, that was purely because I had convinced myself that I was going to get COVID and the flu at the same time and just die. <laughs> exactly. This is a good year to, to get your flu shot. So, uh, you know, and, and also, thankfully, I did not get COVID nor the flu last year. So I'm, I'm hedging my bets this year. And uh, I just recently got my booster on your recommendation on the Pfizer down at CVS. And um, after a stiff arm and a day of being tired, Tired, like I haven't been tired in forever. I'm feeling pretty good, and hopefully I'm uh, protected and protecting other people. Um, but wanted to, um, you know, really talk a little bit about COVID. And I mean, you are not an immunologist, correct? Um, and if I pronounce that right, that would be a miracle. But I think that's it. Um, but you are you are a medical doctor, and you are sitting here seeing the results of COVID from Correct. a different angle here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what have you, what have you seen in your practice here? We've definitely seen uh, a lot of people coming uh, and testing positive for COVID. Most of them vaccinated. Uh, you know, most, most of the folks that we're seeing are, were vaccinated because there's a high vaccination rate in Maryland, but we're also seeing a lot of people that are unvaccinated who then test positive for COVID and, it's a little scary, uh, to be honest with you, because it's one of those um, no uh, atheists in a foxhole situation. Um, you know, you can espouse any kind of freedom and say a lot of different things, but when you're sick and your spouse is sick and your children are sick and you realize it was preventable and it just kind of pops in your head that I didn't necessarily need to be here and be worried about everyone potentially dying, uh, you know, or, or having to go to the, yeah, the hospital. I mean, I mean, the odds are not the odds, but the, uh, the risks are great. You know, if, if I get, uh, the flu, the chances are, you know, that I'm going to shake it off in a couple of days. And this is a little bit different. I mean, cause this is, uh, you know, I, I know I've talked to some people that are, we'll say the anti-vaxxers and not necessarily in general, just saying, Oh yeah, but it's just got this survival rate. And I'm like, well, that's true. But you look at the amount of number that are infected, right? You know, I, I used to be in the travel business and it was like, you know, how bad does the trip need to be to justify being a cheap trip? Right. I mean, you know, what is your level of risk to sit there and say, I mean, you know, okay. Yeah. One in a thousand or whatever. I don't know what it is, but you know, what if you're the one? What if your kid's the one? Yeah, uh, and it's a much higher than one of a thousand. You know, it's a it's a few in a hundred. Um, and although, you know, we do know that certain people are at higher risk, and and those people, you know, whether they have health conditions or their age or whatnot, we are seeing people die in their twenties, thirties, and forties here at Anne Arundel. Um, I mean, you know, our local hospital, we're seeing some of these people dying, and. In my mind, it's a, it's like playing Russian roulette, you know, and um, I don't know how big that chamber is. I don't know how many bullets are in there. Um, but if you give me an option of playing Russian roulette or not playing Russian roulette, <laughs> it's, it's a especially pretty easy if it comes choice. to my kids or my spouse, you know, I'm not going to put a gun to their head. And, it's a pretty easy choice. Well, what are you offering here for your practice? I mean, do you do, do you do testing and vaccinations in the whole nine yards or do you just... 
Yeah, so we do, um, we only do the COVID PCR. We don't do the rapid testing here. Okay, PCR, that's the stick it up your nose? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have like a drive through in the back and you can just, you know, drive through, we shove something up your nose and off you go. We get the results back the next day. For a long time, we were seeing a lot of testing um, and that really has dropped off, which is nice. But then we are seeing a lot of testing for travel or schools or exposures where um, the, the people are fully vaccinated and we're expecting to see you know, a negative result and we're seeing unexpected positives. So okay. there's definitely plenty of COVID out there in the community. This, uh, once a Delta variant hit, it's just so contagious. The difference between you know, COVID uh, version 1.0 and and. Well, well, you mentioned Delta. I mean, Delta seemed to be a big, a big newsmaker, and it was you know portrayed to be. And and part of the frustration on the people is like I think Dr. Arlotto in the school said, you know, we're building this plane as we fly it. Uh, and and to a degree in the medical and thing, I think we are as well. And people say, well, Fauci lied. I'm like, well, you know, Fauci didn't know what he knows now that he know you know that yeah. what he knows now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, but Delta was sort of hyped to be this. I hate to use the term this this killer variant that was going to you know sweep the world and this was the you know the doomsday thing and it, it somewhat seemed to fizzle out. I mean, obviously it was here and stuff like that, but I mean, are variants still an, an issue? Yeah, variants are a big issue, and then um, so basically the Delta variant is eighty seven or ninety percent of all of COVID cases in the country now uh, have all become Delta, and what happens is the virus will mutate over time and eventually it will find a mutation and makes it either more contagious, you can transmit it much more easily, or it will make it um, you know, such that you're, you're spreading virus for a longer period of time. Usually, it doesn't necessarily make it more deadly uh, because that works against the evolution of the virus if you think about it because it doesn't want to kill you like ebola you know if if it kills its host uh, then it has to go find something else and you the virus can't keep replicating and making more of itself um Yes, it, I, I'm just getting this flash in my mind of Doctor Evil somewhere, you know, trying to no, no, no. We don't want to kill them. We just want to. We want. Right. We just want right. to make it really miserable for them so we can continue to do it. Exactly. So it's it's really an insidious virus that it, I guess any virus is that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just fairly standard across the entire viral world, and uh, you know, it's we're going to keep getting variants because every time you know the, the virus infects someone else and starts replicating itself, it's there's typos, there's little mistakes, and some of those will eventually confer a stronger you know that uh, virus that's not as sensitive to our current vaccines, or it will. Uh, make it more contagious or something that will allow it to spread more predominantly and it will become the predominant version of the virus that's around. Do you see a future of America and the United States with COVID booster shots on an annual basis similar to a flu shot type of a thing or do you think we're ever going to get this thing eradicated? It will never be eradicated, um, most likely. Uh, it will be with us probably you know, forever. But there's other COVIDs, uh, other coronavirus vaccines, which have been around forever that cause the common cold. Um, and this is just what happens when you find a version of a coronavirus that is 
new to, to all your antibody receptors and uh, just your body hasn't seen it before and no one has seen it before so the entire population has to learn immunity or die uh, or get vaccinated those three choices and, and well i've also got to think that just the body makeup of everybody is is so unique uh whether it be the dna or everything else i mean we've talked a little bit about the different side effects from the vaccine the different levels of severity when you have covid i mean some are like oh i had it i guess i did you know and others are obviously on a ventilator and passing away in hospitals i yeah. know uh, my mom smoked four packs of cigarettes a day for 40 plus years. Uh, when she died, there was not a hint of anything in her lungs. Hmm. Uh, the only brown thing that we found was like the the nicotine on the walls of her of her house when we when we sold it. Um, so it, it's just very weird. You never know how somebody is is going to react to that. It's and like the, is uh, that the is Keith, that what you're finding? Yeah, the Keith Richards phenomena. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, how, how is that? I can't imagine. <laughs> those memes, by the way, off topic, those memes on Keith Richards are just fantastic. It's, uh, you know, it's like you th- the, the 1920s or the night or 1920s. That's when he was born crying out loud. <laughs> no, in the 1800s, like, oh, yeah, and there's Keith Richards kindergarten picture. Right. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, we're recording this right now on Saturday, the 30th, and the FDA uh, just greenlighted uh, the vaccines for ages 5 to 11 for the little yes. crowd. And I think we're just waiting sort of a CDC sign off. And I know that the. Um, Health Department here in Anne Arundel County has said that they're going to be, as far as vaccinations in their clinics, are going to be prioritizing that 5 to 11 crowd. Um, what do you say to parents with 5 to 11 kids? And do you have, you, are your kids in that? Or they uh, just- well, just outside, my daughter just turned 12 uh, last week. So, uh, or actually four days ago. Okay. Um, so Congratulations yeah. on surviving that. My condolences on entering the teen years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, for, for parents with kids that were 5 to 11, you know, you have this, you know, these kids, everyone else is vaccinated in your family and, and safe to go to, you know, restaurants and go on a trip. And you just, you felt like you could, you know, get on a plane and not be concerned that you were going to get COVID and potentially die, you know, before you get back from the trip. But you had, you know, one person in your family or... Or, you know, a few people in your family that were the younger ones that weren't vaccinated. Uh, plus, even if they didn't get terribly sick, they were bringing it home, you know, to pass on to grandparents uh, who were still worried. So I think that it's going to be a big relief uh, to be able to give it to the 5 to 11 crowd. That said, uh, I haven't looked at the data enough um, because it just got authorized, uh, the EOA for the 5 to 11, and we haven't had the CDC chime in yet. Right. But I think we'll have a lot more information in the next few weeks. Do you think there's going to be a resistance to that? I mean, right now we've got a, this a, a core group of people resisting the vaccine. You know, it's, uh, you know, I've got the right, my body, my right, and, you know, the whole nine yards there. I mean, do you find that you're going to have the resistance? Because, again, you know, and you could argue that it's a rush vaccine. I mean, it was a rush process to do it compared to all of the others. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's any less effective or good or the, the science wasn't in there. But do you, I mean, we've got about 30% of the population nationwide that is is kind of resistant to that and you look at the um you know you look at the ems and the the fire and the police i mean they're talking in new york about firing a a third of their cops because they're refusing to either give it give the information or or get the vaccine yeah um do you think there's going to be a resistance for parents to do this or should there be 
So I, I think that's a, to a very different kind of resistance. Um, I think that a lot of parents, uh, myself included, would be cautious and want to have more information, more data, um, and understand a little better uh, the effects on kids beyond that first day that you know you can get them. Uh, and, the, and the difference being that you know, we knew, you know, for you and I, John, that like when the vaccine became available, we were jumping on it uh, because, in, you know, we didn't want to get COVID and potentially, you know, be leaving out of Anne Arundel in a refrigerated truck out back. Right. Um, kids, you know, 5 to 11 do tend to do well. Um, so the risk benefit, you know, of the vaccine versus the disease uh, it, it becomes a little harder to calculate that number or it becomes more important that you pare down and have a clear understanding of what the risk is and, and what the potential benefit is. But yeah, I know that uh, survey show survey show that, <laughs> that there is a lot. You didn't know we were going into a game show here. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people who really want more information um, and are, are a little reticent to proceed. And, and I, can, I can see that. I know when they were this first talk about the vaccine coming out in um, October, you know, this 2020 is like a year that doesn't exist in my mind. It's just like an eraser. Yeah. You know, but you know, when they first started talking about it, that they're getting close and they're doing that. I mean, my position was I'm not I don't want to be first in line here. Yeah. Uh, let's let's let a couple let's let a couple other suckers get in there and figure out how that is. But as it became available to the seniors and as we begin to realize that and, and everything else, as soon as it became available to my age, mm -hmm. as as were you, I was just like, OK, yeah, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And, uh, Most people in healthcare, care, uh, the vast majority of people in healthcare that, you know, have studied uh, this kind of stuff. It, it was really a no-brainer because we all knew we were falling from an airplane. And so when someone came flying over with a parachute bag, yeah, I mean, maybe it's from China. Maybe it's from, you know, like, but I didn't really care who stitched it. And, you know, was it the most solid, you know, parachute? Uh, I just, I knew I didn't want to hit the ground without one. Yeah. Well, you, you talked about most medical professionals and people in the industry knowing now. I know that Irish Crash now just wrote a column in the Capitol talking about an experience at Anne Arundel Medical Center in the Sajak Pavilion. And it was secondhand. It was from a friend of hers that went into a doctor's office and um, asked the receptionist who was had the mask underneath the nose, said, oh, is vaccinated. And the receptionist or, you know, said, oh, we don't talk about that here. And then she witnessed them all like in the back talking about what the doctor comes into the exam room and says, well, I'll get this out of the way. If you're going to ask, no, I'm not vaccinated. Oh, and she got up and walked out. And now this is Iris telling the story in the Capitol from a doctor. And the response when you know, they followed up apparently is that it, at Sajak, it was, uh, that's essentially a landlord building as opposed to they're not necessarily associated with the hospital. They're just renting the space and Correct. they can make their own own positions and their own rules and regulations and don't fall under the hospital. But, you know, what do you what do you say when, you know, a medical professional and obviously I'm presuming this is not a, uh, you know, a, a general practitioner that may be treating COVID. This may be a, uh, you know, an oncologist or a gynecologist or something like that. But what do you say when a, just a medical practitioner, which has certainly an awful lot of common education that you have, that Fauci has, that is, says, yeah, no, I'm not vaccinated. Yeah, I've, I've had that um, 
Rarely, very rarely, and and uh, you know, I, I usually you know will appeal to that individuals, you know. Because there's science, you know. There's what the hell are you? <laughs> that's my. That's I'm tempted, but no. I mean, there's science and there's facts and there's a scientific method and there's knowledge, you know. And the, there's people that should be living in the world of science and knowledge. You you really should not be um, in healthcare practicing medicine in any kind of a way if you don't believe in science or knowledge. And you know, most of us are trained not to. Uh, practice anecdotal medicine. You know, you can go to your grandmother for that. Right. You know, she's going to tell you, "Oh, chicken noodle soup is great," and you right. know, like, and a lot of those things are great. But you know, you want to know what the science says, what thing, how things are tested. You know, what 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 does the data tell you? Um, it's surprising to hear that I hadn't heard that story. Yeah, it's in, it's in the Capitol the other day. It's inter- it was, I, I, I was shocked to see it too as well. And I mean, what sort of struck me in that and just it's oh are you vaccinated is like a how are you doing question anymore yeah it seems i mean you know you would never think you know 10 years ago oh got bd yeah i mean you know uh, <laughs> you don't you don't you don't have cancer do you or uh, eczema or you know any you know, any, any you yeah. would, just wouldn't go that yeah but you know here it's like you know hey are, are you vaccinated okay we can be friends we can <laughs> we, we can talk yeah and um it's you know covid has really upended the world on any number of different ways yeah. um you know, I know that I, I still see people and they're like, I know that we're all fully vaccinated and you go to shake hands as we did when we started here. But they're like, yeah, no, here's my elbow. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, now now I'm thinking, you know, maybe should I get should we shake hands? Should we be shaking hands or not? You know, I am. I'm careful if I shake hands with someone, if I touch someone in any way, shape or form. I, I use a hand sanitizer um, at some point before I touch my face. Right. Uh, before I put my hand in any kind of an orifice, you know, yeah. eyes, mouth, nose, whatever. Um, Patient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. We really do know it's respiratory transmitted, but if someone has just coughed on their hand and they come in and, you know, wipe their mouth, you know, you just, you do things subconsciously that you don't think. And right. it is, it is potential that you can spread it that way. Um, I, I do feel better about my situation and your situation having had the boosters um that is another layer of reassurance i know that i've been washing my hands a hell of a lot more than i ever have in my entire life yeah uh over the last two years and it's uh and it's a good thing it's a good thing i mean there's there is a little jug of hand sanitizer in the central console of my car so i mean it's there yeah. And yeah. when i do different things let's you, you mentioned boosters let's talk about boosters okay i did get the uh, pfizer booster on my johnson and johnson shot on your recommendation and the general recommendation that we're hearing from the cdc is if you can get a booster get it and doesn't matter what it is correct and right now it's moderna and pfizer are the only approved boosters correct no jnj is approved too. oh they have a okay yeah. so there are three approved boosters yes and is that, do you recommend if you need a booster and want a booster, get any booster? No. Okay. Uh, so I don't recommend J&J. And the reason I don't recommend it is that there's been more adverse reactions with J&J than there have been with uh, Pfizer and Moderna. And there's some studies that have showed lower immune response over time. And probably the J&J needed to have a two-shot a two booster after two months. 
all along, you know, but they really wanted to do the one and done uh, approach. But the studies do seem to show a more robust response if you get if you had J&J, then you get an mRNA booster like Pfizer or Moderna. Okay. Okay. And so if you had, say, Pfizer or Moderna to start with, I'm recommending that for the most part, you stick with Pfizer or Moderna the same for the next booster. And part of the reason is that you know that if you did okay with the first two shots, you're probably going to do okay with the third right. one. Whereas there's a slightly higher risk of, you know introducing something slightly different and the it doesn't look like the difference in uh, immune responses is, is significant between you know getting moderna over pfizer mm-hmm. or pfizer over moderna you know mixing and matching in that way right and and again i'll just reiterate the process of getting the booster shot um was a hell of a lot smoother as we're learning more how to do it than it was to get the initial shot. Yeah. Uh, I remember when the first initial shots came through, it was, you know, I was on the keyboard at 2 a.m. tapping away, looking like, look, there's one in West Virginia. Do you yeah. think I can, you know, do you think yeah. I can make it to there? And uh, this time, you know, we went to, I, you know, I went to your website, which is evolvedmedicalclinics.com, and there's a COVID, a very robust COVID section. And you can go from a link right there. It takes you, you put in your zip code, you select which which one you want, and then it tells you all of the places that have it in stock. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, and, you say, you know, here's and my... has appointments available. Yeah, here's my zip. I'm willing to travel one mile, and 50 locations come up Yeah, with appointments available that day. It's, it's really stunning. And, and, and it really is. I mean, CVS, uh, you know, had the Pfizer for me, and it was within walking distance to my house. I mean, I signed up. I, I could have had one the next day, but it, it was like, okay, it's the weekend. So I went from Monday morning. It, easiest process in the world in and out in 15 minutes and uh, get the booster if you if, if you can go on to again evolvemedicalclinics.com there's a COVID-19 page that has all of that big button on there it says you know find a vaccine near me or something along those lines mm-hmm. there um, what does the flu season look like this year I mean I know last year was very light because yeah. everybody was masking up and you know, hunkering down. Yeah, everything was very light. I mean, you, you know, when we were just talking about handshakes and uh, and all that sort of thing, uh, you know, we saw it seemed like you know people didn't get sinus infections or you know there was just a host of things. Uh, you know, we didn't see a lot of uh, common colds and all the usual stuff that's getting passed around. But those things are coming back uh, in a big way. Uh, I would imagine that the flu vaccine, which also sort of has to be revised i know you this is where i learned from you the first time we talked is that it's revised year yearly mm-hmm. based on what the strain was the year before correct so i imagine with the, a weak flu season last year we our vaccine may even be a little bit off i wouldn't necessarily say that um i, I don't think you could uh, to uh, go to that conclusion i think that um you never really know what the flu season's going to look like there's at least to my knowledge, there's no farmer's almanac for predicting, you know, because it's, it's slightly mutating from year to year. And we don't know if it's going to be a bigger mutation that has some kind of more dramatic effect that makes it more contagious or more deadly or more, you know, illness uh, causing, uh, you know, where you're just really out for 10 days. Um, and it's a little early in the season yet. It starts to pick up around November 1, uh, mid-November, and then peaks sometime usually in January, February, and, and peters up in March, April. 
again, last year with COVID, I mean, we were housebound. Yeah. You know, don't go to grandma's for Thanksgiving. Don't go, you know, order Swanson's TV dinner for your Thanksgiving. Yeah. and this year, it's not it's not the same. Um, but we do have the Delta variant that you said is the predominant variant that's around here for COVID. Um, we haven't seen a huge drop in the numbers, I don't think, as far as that are getting it. Um, and I've been doing this geeky tracking thing on just an Excel spreadsheet of the cases worldwide, cases and deaths worldwide, U.S., Maryland, Anne Arundel, Virginia, and D.C. Mm-hmm. And the number of new cases a day um, hasn't dropped precipitously with the vaccine that's out here, which tells me that either we're getting all of the unvaxxed people or there's a lot of so-called breakthroughs that are coming through there. And the deaths have not, uh, they've reduced, but it's not what I would have kind of expected with this vaccine or maybe the hype of the vaccine. But do you think we're going to in for a tough winter again? So as far as the, the breakthrough deaths with vaccine, they're very rare still. I think there's a total in the U.S. of 7,000. Oh, wow. Um, and that's, you know, since uh, January of 2021 when, you know, the vaccines were really rolling out. And so it's it's really rare. And, and in that setting, they're almost all people that are over 80. Um, they're otherwise, or otherwise very immune compromised, bone marrow transplant folks. You know, people are on immune suppressive drugs. You know, the folks that are the most angry at the people who aren't getting the vaccine because, you know, they're the ones that they, even if they get the vaccine, it just doesn't have as robust a uh, response. But the the death rate or the number of people that have died just in the last uh, few months is over 100,000. But you may not be seeing it if you're tracking Maryland D.C., Virginia, because it's almost all in the south. Like if you look at the you know, right. the map where the where all the deaths are occurring, it's, you know, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, the Florida. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and they've got a number of different. I mean, they've got a, a low vax rate. They've got, you know, the, the politics that are into play there, as well as in certainly in Florida, the aging population, which has a has a thing yeah. you know, plays into that as well. And, and it seems like there's. Um, but, I mean, really, it does come down to the vax rate, you know, being 30, 40 percent in some of those areas uh, versus Maryland, I think, is at 68 percent. Yeah, um, yeah, we are. Do you think do you think generally looking on a state, a, a county and a city level that we've handled this as best we can? I think Governor Hogan has done as good a job as you can possibly do. It, it, you know, kind of back to what you're saying about Fauci and, you know, oh, he said the wrong thing, you know, 18 months ago. And, you know, I'm sure Hogan, all of us have made missteps because we didn't have all the information. And it's actually not, you know, the 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 good sailor that keeps heading towards the rocks. You, right. know, you identify, you get a little closer, you're coming through some fog and you realize you're, you're coming up on some rocks, you know, it's time to tack and go a different direction. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, you made a mistake in the first choice, um, but you have to, you know, shift and move as more information becomes available. Adjust to where you are. But I, I feel that, uh, that Maryland has done as good a job as anywhere else in, in uh, the U.S. That's good to hear and encouraging. Yeah. Do you do you encourage people to, I mean, I know in the city they're ending it, the outdoor dining. The county has extended it through January of 2023. 
Yeah. So they've given restaurants in the county the ability to have the outdoor dining, the tents, and everything else all through through next year. Yeah. Um, do you recommend people when they're going out to dine to still continue to try to keep that distance and eat outside if you can? And yes. Okay. Yeah. I definitely do. Um, you know, the uh, the transmission rate outside is so low, um, it really is much, much safer. And, you know, to eat, you, you can't have a mask on. <laughs> so I think that it's, it's, it's a safer choice. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. And as, as we just as we wrap up, I am going to be speaking with Jim Gavoni with Hardesty Funeral Homes. And he had told me on the phone that, you know, I was just sort of questioning about COVID and, and, and the deaths and stuff like that. And he said there, there's an awful lot that he's dealt with. And uh, there have been outbreaks that have happened at funerals and viewings and stuff like that. But he said by far um, the biggest increase that he's been seeing is suicide hmm. um, over the last period of COVID, I would say last year, but it's been with us for more than a damn year. So. Yeah. And obviously this has taken a mental toll. I mean, I look at, you know, some of the elderly when initially when it was like, okay, well, where's grandma? She's trapped on the sixth floor of this building in this room that she hasn't left in six weeks. Right. You know, there's, there's a mental toll on that. Not seeing your loved ones, not being, uh, you know, are you a social creature? I can't get out and I can't socialize. I can't get in your personal space and, and everything else. I mean, are you finding in just in general in your practice, are you seeing more depression and more mental issues that are coming through? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, it, it's really awful because there's a psychology to, you know, surviving something, you know, like, say, World War Two. You know, you, you, you go through, a, you know, a tough campaign and, and then, you, you know, you there's a there's kind of an end time to it of some sort. And when you keep getting pulled back into it, when you think you're just just about done, you know, in July, we all, the numbers were going down. Yeah. So, yeah, people were like <laughs> taking off masks and this is, you know, it felt like we were going to hit the end of it. It was going to be the roaring 20s of no concerns anymore. And then suddenly there's another surge and um, it, it's been really tough. And particularly in the younger people, you know, adolescents uh, that, you know, didn't go to school for a year, um, or it's gotta be brutal for them. Brutal, brutal. I mean, they missed a whole year, and the teachers, you know, the teachers <laughs> have had a lot of stress managing that virtual schooling, and now being back in school with kids that are, you know, kind of a year behind on everything. A lot of kids, you know, didn't see a friend for a year, and there's still a lot of uh, trepidation about, you know, getting together. Um, much less so for for them now, but there was all that missing social uh, gatherings. And do you have do you have any kind of suggestions on how to? help that maybe to knock that curve a little bit i mean if you suspect somebody is having some kind of an issues i mean uh, you know it's it's a very fine line to you know is that an invasion i mean typically i would go like hey mike are you are, are, are you doing all right i mean i just i, I just yeah. saw this this are you worried about it and you know you might get all defensive and and, and everything else but i mean is there something that we can do as a society because i mean it's a, it's a problem i mean it's uh if, if this is a side effect of COVID, it's something certainly that a vaccine's not going to cure, and that we're going to need to figure out how to uh, handle. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's it's broader. You know, the the news channels uh, on uh, you know both right and left side, 
in Facebook and social media, they traffic in fomenting anger and generating responses uh, from their uh, population they're trying to market to. But it's, it's all that negativity that I think is not helpful. If you sit down with someone and just listen to them, um, you know, let them talk, uh, and I think that people will start to eventually open up and, and share things. And if you can, if you can, you know, the most important thing is get them in to see a counselor. Um, you know, help guide them to find somebody. Yeah, I know Anne Arundel County has the Crisis Response Center, which is uh, Crisis Response Team, which is a, a great asset. Mm. And um, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the show notes. But if you know if you're in crisis or something like that, these these folks are you know are trained to come out and and and, and talk to you and figure out a way and to, and to get you help. Yeah, um, and that's uh, just a, a great asset. I know uh, former county executive Shu instituted that, and it's been recognized uh, actually globally, not just. Um, yeah, yeah. As uh, what they do, I mean, it's uh, su- suicide is just it's so tragic because you know it it's just it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and for all of those of us who are left behind, you know, we're we're sitting there saying, you know, it it would have gotten better, you know, and and even those who have been suicidal or attempted suicide who survived, you know, down the road, they're like realize it gets better. We just are all going to go through tough times like that. Um, and you just have to kind of sometimes it's just put one foot after another and plod through. And, and Yeah, so you see how it comes out on the other end. And certainly the employment situation isn't helping, you know, when folks that have been unemployed or unemployable or just for whatever reason unable to return to work. I mean, have you found in your practice, I don't know whether a medical practice, I mean, is, is getting employees tough for you as well? Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been really, really hard, and um, yeah, we've had to pretty uh, dramatically increase pay and um, benefits to try to, you know, retain the people that we have. Uh, but the good news is, <laughs> by doing that, I, I feel like we've we've really gotten the cream of the crop. Now uh, we've got some really great. Th- people. You know, it's it's interesting. The new restaurant that's coming down where Fawcett's was is uh, the Chop Tank, uh, which is a part of a. I say a chain, but out of, based out of Baltimore. And the CEO decided going into the pandemic, he had said that if when we close down these restaurants and Baltimore was open and closed, open and closed for a period, he says, it cost me $30,000. Just I, I can write that check the day he says you're closing because that's what's going to cost me to reopen it again by the time I pay for my spoiled food and my staff that I need to keep on right. rehiring and everything else. They've taken a policy now. They said that everybody that works for them will be making... Um, a minimum of $15 an hour. That's their minimum wage, which is, um, we're moving in that direction. Yeah. But he says, no, this is the dishwasher. This is the busboy. This is the hostess at the hostess stand. Mm-hmm. And this is the server yeah. that's not making three thirty-five an hour. I said, now they can come into work and know that they're going to be making a fair wage, not have to worry about, oh, is it going to be a slow night? Is is it raining and nobody's going to come eat and, and everything else? And I think that it's interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how the whole tipping situation works. Oh, then. I think that's a brilliant um a brilliant move on his part because I, I know having been a waiter myself and you know worked at Fridays and some other lousy places at times no, no offense to Friday's owners <laughs> but uh, you know as far as you know you have like a few tables of two uh, that are hanging out all night right. you know sharing a, a one order of wings and you know, yeah yeah you get a tip for like a dollar fifty or like here during the sailboat show and you get ten to come and say yeah no we'll just take a water yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. hanging out we promise to be out of 
here by one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, this, as always, has been um, very insightful. I thank you very much for your time, for coming in on a Saturday morning and uh, always a pleasure. talking with me. And, um, you know, keep healthy for everybody. Get that booster shot. That's I guess that's the, Definitely. the biggest thing out of here. Definitely. You want to go to EvolveMedicalClinics.com and go to that COVID-19 page. You want to check out the resources that they have there. There's some very... Uh, sound reasoning. I know that. Um, I mean, you're 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 clear on like, hey, I don't recommend, or I do, I do recommend this. The CDC currently doesn't, and here's why. Right. Um, which I think is very important. Um, you right. know, when you're talking, you know, why? What's the reasoning behind it? So, yeah. and I usually try to. Tell you who I'm quoting from. You know, it's usually like a, some Harvard or Stanford immunologist. Uh, you know, in several groups. This is the, those second tier schools, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Sometimes I have to slip down Come those on, levels. Can't, can't you get like AACC or something like that? <laughs> But although AACC does have one of the best nursing programs in the country. I was going to be so. like, don't drag me into that. So. <laughs> Dr. Friedman, thank you very much. Yep, my pleasure. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.